still hasn't DM'd me on Twitter. I don't think it's going to happen. It might happen one day. Maybe he just missed it. Maybe like, hey, sorry, I didn't have my phone on me. I haven't had my phone since the 2019 NFL draft. May 1st, 2019. Sent. Not seen. He hasn't left me on red. He only left me on delivered. It's a classy lady, that Jake Baylor. Hello and welcome to yet another week of the Stadium Experience. I'm Jake Elmsley. Jordan Moment here alongside me. And you know, Jordan, it's another week. We're, we're getting to the very end of August here. This episode will be getting posted on the first day of September. One of the greatest months in the history of human achievement, if you ask me. It's a good time for all the all my fellow Virgos out there in the world. Damn, Virgo season begins. Oh, Virgo season begins, Jordan. You know, it's really it gets to the root of my most of my astrology takes, which are which are Virgo season starts in September. Mm. No, it actually starts in August, I think. But you know, we would have started last week, or yeah. So I'm already knee deep in it, actually. So it would explain why I've been feeling so jubilant and powerful lately. Uh, well, I've been feeling I'm kind of at the top of my mountain, but that is that is what Virgos are. Oh yeah, baby, mountain mountain climbers, primarily, I think. No, you are such a Virgo. <laughs> you know, it's what can I tell you? You know, it's it's my it's my r- rising. Is that the main one? Your your main one's sun. You know, I got to remember, Jordan, I do remember not to get into, I have one more astrology take. I, one of, one of my, so, so I, as, as, as a gentleman who's not overly, we'll call it astrologically inclined, such, Mm -hmm. such as you, Jordan, I'll tell you this, such as you, I do for the sake of conversation with a certain, we'll call it a certain sort of individual who are more okay. astrologically inclined. I like to have the information on standby. So I keep, mm-hmm. and this is not sponsored, by the way. Maybe we should get them to get us a sponsorship after this. I do keep the uh, the CoStar app downloaded on my phone. Oh. Just to, It has my birth chart, lets you plug it in. So sometimes you know if I'm out and about and just a certain nondescript type of individual who I just, in a very business-like way, mm-hmm. am open to showing my birth chart, I can pull it out. One time, Jordan, like maybe a year ago, I pulled the mm-hmm. app out, and what do I see in my notifications? Not knowing that you can get notifications on this CoStar app, I see a friend request from Jordan Moment, <laughs> 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 which I learned that you can have friend. This is Jordan, who I believe did not follow me on Twitter at the time, who doesn't have a Facebook. Who you have a social media present, my friend, and everybody should go follow you. But doesn't interact with me all that much on the socials. Found me and tried to friend request me on CoStar, to which I said, "No, thank you. I don't have this I, app for the boys." I did it specifically because it would be funny. <laughs> you just and you you could have sent that friend request four years ago, and I wouldn't have noticed it. I maybe open this app like once every three months. But I opened it, and I was like, oh, Jordan. Jordan, it was like 1 in the morning. And I was just talking to some person at a bar, and I was like, I can't talk to you right now. I need to just figure this out. I'm done. I have a new thing to focus on. And I was like, how did he friend request me? How can you friend? Do I have an account on GoStar? It consumed, like, the next half an hour of my life. I, like, left the bar. I think I called you. I was trying to figure this out. I was so confused by me. this. 
Oh, yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Sounds good. That was the best Jordan moment goofs of all time. Your better gags. But yeah, dude, I was flat. Anyway, so if you ever download CoStar, you know, maybe maybe all the followers of the show, all the fans, we everybody should make Coast could make CoStar accounts. So we'll kind of use that as a new platform for disseminating a uh, hot sports takes. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to all my Capricorn moons and, and Leo ri- risings. That, that is unironically my signs. That's too, good. Wow, signs. you got two. You know, I only know one. That's pretty good. You know, I know. I know I'm a Taurus. I know my moon is Capricorn. <laughs> I know my rising is Leo. But, but yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on from the stars in the sky to the stars on the field. Jordan. Oh, that was mm, yeah, I like that. But before we move on to them, we're gonna talk about the players on the New England Patriots instead. So, so 53 man rosters are out, which is not something I think a lot of people wholly care about unless you are you are deep in the weeds of it you're just yeah you read i read projections i love reading roster projections like at the start of camp love watching the i love reading roster projection 1.0s 1.5s 2.0s i want to have a job one day where i'm the guy who gets to write the roster projections jordan would love it. Love it. Love it. I'm, I'm all into it. And I'm only into it for the Patriots. Like, I talk about this, too. Like, like nobody, I, I, whomever is out there who can truly handle, like, that many moving parts for every team in the league, it's a level I astound to get to. It's a level I aspire to get to. It's some training I have to do. But 53-man roster for the Patriots is out. And no real overwhelming surprises i mean i'll we'll, i'll go down it like really quickly and tell you anything super interesting but all three qbs made it mac hoyer and zappy made it the four uh well the four running backs who also one would maybe expect i mean jj taylor didn't make the team but you have you have damien harris Ramondre stevenson ty montgomery who's making the roster so they can short-term ir him just uh taekwon thorne also made the roster for the same reason so those two are just gonna get ir at any day now i think Ty Montgomery's only going to miss a couple of weeks, but either way. So somebody I assume is going to be getting called up to take both of their spots. But Ty Montgomery, Pierre Strong, all five wide receivers that we've talked about. We kind of maybe started entertaining some trade ideas, but after Tyquan Thornton went down, at least I am not into that. But Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne all made the roster. Thornton's on it for now, but he's going to go to IR, which I assume the spot will end up getting filmed by like a Trey Nixon or a little Jordan Humphrey at least for eight weeks, which is good for them. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, which we will talk about. The uh, the two other individuals who maybe could have had a third spot there. We're going to talk about them in a bit. We're going to we're gonna exercise some demons. But, you know, the O-line, you know, tread, the five guys who've been starting all camp, Haran, Yadni Kejus, Jason Hines, who I believe is, who I believe was a rookie, but he has made the team. So, Good for him. Yes, a six-round pick out of the Patriots. He's made the team. Uh, D- you know, the D-line, you had, you know, again, Godshaw made it. Barmore made it. Lawrence Guy, Dietrich Wise. Sam Roberts, another rookie. Big dude, I've heard. Heard some good things about Sam Roberts. 6'5", 295. Big guy in there on the middle. Carl Davis made the roster as well. Then linebackers, Judon, Jennings, Juwan Bentley, McM- Roquan McMillan, Mac the Jr., Jelani Tavai, who... Bill Belichick has had a lot of good stuff to say about Uche, Demarcus Mitchell, then the, and on the linebackers again. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of just doing like my quick, quick hits just to get through it. But Cameron McGrown, Cameron McGrown did not make the team. 
who was a guy I was kind of hoping would be a contributor this year. As some of you could maybe add some speed to the linebacker core, but, uh, you know, that that draft pick, quite like the draft pick of Ronnie Perkins, who I also thought, you know, maybe as a la- as a pick last year who basically got redshirted, might be able to um, contribute a little bit on IR. So I, w- I was off on those. I got to, I was hoping maybe they'd be able to salvage something out of those picks, but so far not anything. But they got him on the practice squad. And then corner is probably where the – most movement has happened through camp. Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant made it. Sean Wade as well. And then both the Joneses, Jack Jones and Marcus Jones, they're, I believe they're third in their fourth round pick in the most recent draft. Both made it, who have both been probably like maybe the brightest spots of camp. Have both been maybe like the best stories. Like every every week I've kind of come out here and just been like, ah, the offense has looked really bad. Ah, the defense hasn't looked good in a lot of spots. But uh, Marcus and Jack Jones, let me tell you. Been reading nothing but good things about them. But Terrence Mitchell did not make the team. He's apparently made the practice squad, but he's not there. Malcolm Butler also IR'd, and then they had an injury settlement with him. So he's he's just gone. Mar- Malcolm Butler's gone again into the wind. We're never going to find out what happened in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. But until somebody dies or somebody gets fired, and I will be, I will be right there. Again, I am... One day, one day, I'm telling you. But this is this is your flu game. Oh, it's not my flu game. Like, what's who cares about the flu game? Oh no, nothing. I I know what happened in the flu game. Everybody knows what happened in the flu game. I've heard things about the Malcolm Butler thing that I won't say on that. I'm not gonna say on. I'm not gonna say on recording. I've heard some rumors that are way too unsubstantiated, but so so crazy that I don't I don't want to say them without having like my own source, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're 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 genuinely in this range of like they're they're insane. But I heard them on good merit. But I I, I can't say it. But anyway, it's not my scoop to give out. <laughs> but so no Terrence Mitchell, no Malcolm Butler. So the veterans in the cornerback room are and looking like what it, it looks more and more like th- this Jonathan Jones on the outside thing might actually like stick. That might be the the. I thought maybe that would be the plan week one. I saw that as a potential thing, but not like that is that is looking like that is the plan for them. And like, again, so it looks like maybe Jack Jones is going to be taking a slot role. Maybe like a Sean Wade, a Miles Bryant. But, so, you know, Jonathan Jones might might be your number two outside corner, which means that Jalen Mills is your number one outside corner. But, you know, God bless. God bless, you know, but. Beyond that, the safety group is who you'd expect. I mean, it's McCordy, Adrian Phillips, Duggar, Jabril Peppers, Josh Bledsoe. Probably probably the best position group pound for pound on the team, potentially. <laughs> those those safeties. Those safeties. You know, what are you going to do? And then, you know, Jake Bailey, Nick Folk are the kickers. And then Joe Cardona is a long snapper for the millionth year in a row. And then Cody Davis, Brendan Schooler, and Matt, Matthew Slater, Hall of Fame special teamer, back for, back for another year. So... Looking at what is currently the Patriots roster, which again it's going to be two two spots, two you know Thornton and Montgomery both going to be off and like at some point it hasn't happened yet as of recording this on Wednesday night, but like those guys will be off and it'll probably just be like a I don't know JJ Taylor or Kevin Harris or somebody for Montgomery and then some receiver to replace Thornton. I assume, I mean maybe not, maybe that brings somebody in another position, but looking at the roster, uh, you know how we feeling, Jordan? How we just just initial. 
Next week is going to be our big, like, full season preview. We're going to pick games, everything. We're going to talk about the Dolphins a lot next week. Not a ton of Dolphins chatter this week, but next week, let me tell you, it's out there. I was a portion of the base that's excited to hear about that. But any what, – what, what's your just initial – Look again, not any huge surprises here, but how are you just seeing it all on paper now? How how are we feeling? Oh man, this team is mid <laughs> the very definition of it. Nothing really good, nothing really bad, just a whole lot of average and subpar and really subpar in the positions you don't want to be subpar. No, in. that's kind of the, that's one of the things I've said about with this team. They, they have they have one thing that like one of the things that might help that, you know, because pe- some people some people have argued that maybe uh, the game has passed Bill Belichick by a little bit. That's the thing. Some a tad. Some, some people there, maybe not. Right. Because we will see it. We'll see how it works out. You know, in the third year of a rebuild. But the argument some people have had some some naysayers is that Belichick does. And he hasn't like this is on. This is emphatically true. This part I'm saying, it, I guess what has yet to be seen is how it will work. But Belichick has definitely shot, not shied away, but has kind of not overly emphasized the positions that have at least come to, the, you know, the, that, you know, us normies, that, you know, the contemporary opinion that the kind of the trend has been to emphasize, which, you know, I would say that like, right now, like the, the positions that people really, really, really value in the NFL, really, really go after teams really go after, are you know, your quarterbacks, your receivers, your corners, your edge rushers, and you look at this roster, those aren't really spots that the Patriots have put a premium at. Now there are spots that they have put a premium at. We talked about that. Safety. Uh, guard. <laughs> Guards, running back. Tight end. D-line they keep taking shots at, but linebacker. You know, the Patriots have continued to invest heavily at those. Now, mind you, there have been times when they've tried to invest in those other positions I talked about. And we'll talk about that in a minute because maybe there's another angle to this. We'll talk about the drafting in a minute. Because that kind of maybe adds that that maybe adds uh, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe there's a bit of a counter to everything I'm saying here. But the Patriots had like Bill Belichick has really he's done his whole career, but really just the positions he's emphasized his whole career the entire time he's been here. So that's a quarterback one because they just happen to fall backwards into having the greatest player ever to play the position. But this is what they've done, and it just it feels stronger now, though, when you see the rest of the league, which has, again, re- quarterback salaries skyrocketing. It seemed like every other team this offseason was trading for – was either trading for a number one receiver or trading their number one receiver and drafting another receiver in the first round. I think almost every playoff team did that, except for the Patriots, or it was a team that had done that a year prior. Like the Bills and Bengals have invested heavily at wide receiver in like last season, like last offseason they didn't, they didn't this offseason. But they haven't, and we we've talked about this a lot, Jordan. This is something we've talked about is that this season for the Patriots, for Bill Belichick, who maybe we can talk later about, like, I don't, I don't, we, do you want to do hot seat meter rating on Bill Belichick at some point if you want to, but this season really kind of is, is um you know, Belichick really, really, really building around himself a, a, a team, and not just a team, like a team, a coaching staff 
the whole way the organization is structured, like a monument to everything he believes in to an extreme degree to like the greatest extreme degree of Belichick. Like Belichick is the center of this. There's no Brady. There's not even any Josh McDaniels. Like everybody on the coaching staff is either. We've talked, we talked about this a million times, but again, we've talked about this a bunch and everybody's talking about this a bunch. If you're sick of hearing it, I'm sorry, but what do you want else do you want me to talk about is training kid. The games have almost started. I promise we can get to them next week, but the coaching staff is either specifically people who are good friends of and extremely loyal to Bill Belichick or spawns of Bill Belichick. And again, the roster really reflects Bill, but like really reflects the way that Bill Belichick, you know, views the game of football, views what should be valued, views what, you know, what you should emphasize as a team. And we're obviously down on the team. We, we'll do our breakup. We'll do our exact projections next week. I think I'm a little bit higher on it than you are, Jordan. But mm-hmm. either way, like, neither of us are sitting here thinking this is like the Patriots are about to have a redue for a really, really, really exciting season. Like, when I say I'm high on the team, like, I say, like, I, I think they can, like, they could possibly, like, repeat what they did last year and be a playoff team, be a fringe playoff team. But either way, like, when I won't damn it until it starts, but just that, that is what this, at least that is to me the narrative this season like that is kind of the biggest thing this season is just watching Bill like seeing if either because again a lot of these players are Belichick draft picks let I mean we talked I mean I talked about like Perkins and McGrone and a couple guys and those guys aren't there anymore but this team is relying on a lot of Belichick draft picks to pan out and play big roles and for them to be as good as they need to be then especially like especially on the defense they need a lot of their draft picks to pan out and or just a lot of guys that, you know, the Patriots have seemed to value more than other teams might, like a Jalen Mills. But, the, you know, that's the narrative this season. I mean, that's it. You know, is it has Belichick, you know, fallen as great people, like great people who are great and the greatest, and some of the greatest people over some of the greatest heights and really anything, any, any profession, any field tend to do. Sometimes when they, you know, when a lot of these great, great minds get, to a certain age, get to a certain point, they get too far up their own ass. You know, they get too far up it, and it's just the th- you know some of the some of the collaboration, some of the you know, you know, in the end, you know, this great person, they somehow they believe they start believing it's all them, and they just start following their own instincts to a fault, and they block out other people, and they block out other voices, and that's how you go from uh, Empire Strikes Back to Phantom Menace, but. I was literally thinking of comparing <laughs> George Lucas to Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, what I are we getting here? To segue to it. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, are we at the point where like George Lucas is just no longer collaborating with anybody? He's just he's he is sing- surrounded by yes men, like singularly his vision, and you see the faults of that of you know what his his limitations are on full display because he has nobody to help him compensate for them, and is that? Will that be what we have with the Patriots this year, or, or as has happened very often, I for for the for the Patriots, you know, the 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 truth, the Belichick truthers, or, and I can't completely rule this out. Will this be, you know, another in a long storied history of? We thought he was wrong. Belichick zigged when the league zagged. Turned out to be right. I doubt it. 
I saw Mike. Oh, we'll get to next uh, next week. We'll really dive in on it. I I doubt it. But you know, dumb podcast people. You know, when they started, there weren't even podcasts, Jordan. When Belichick started proving people wrong, there weren't podcasts. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> Belichick has outlived mediums people use to criticize him. But, you know, it's that's, I mean, that that's the, if you want anything to sink your teeth and do this, if you're like Jordan, and this is how I got him back on board, if you're just, you just, you don't see it. You don't get it. You're not excited. This roster doesn't excite you. The team doesn't excite you. The coaching staff doesn't excite you. Like, yeah, this is your thing. This is a hook. Like, this is Belichick in his – he has broken himself down to his – either a parody of himself or to his purest form. You know, the results will tell you – will tell us what we're looking at. But that, I mean, that's – besides, you know, watching the development of the three Joneses, Mac, Jack, and Marcus – just just a bunch of guys named Jones are the ones who are getting me through the season like that that that's your hook you know that's that's your hook for this Patriots season at least that's that's how I see it Jordan I don't know if you have anything to add to that I'm sorry I I stole your thunder on the George Lucas thing it just kind of came to mind I was I was I was waiting I was I was I, I had a whole elaborate scheme going for it um but yeah well, I, well, mean, well, I agree I agree the, with you will the 2022 Patriots season be be the Phantom Menace or the Mandalorian it, it's not going to be the Mandalorian. I promise <laughs> you, ne- you. You never know. <laughs> a more scaled back version, but it's true to the roots of what made it great, and it's just something we can all enjoy. Like it won't, it won't be the Bad Batch, won't be the Clone Wars, <laughs> it, it won't be the Boba Fett show. Um, but <laughs> Boba Fett show was was fine. Maybe last season it, was the Boba Fett show. It, it's, it's 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 such a strange predicament because of wait, course, wait, wait, like hang on, saying, like, not to keep know, cutting you off. Our Mac and Jack Jones, Baby Yoda. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Maybe. There's a lot of Joneses. Mac Jones, Jack that's Jones. That's what I'm saying. And they're they're all that's Jones, keeping me Jonathan going. The Joneses. Um, yeah, but, but Bill Belichick has sort of succumbed to uh, his his own his own darker nature. And cronyism has in, infested the Patriots organization. But like you sort of said, is like, you come you come to a point you reach a point in time in your career where you just sort of get out of touch you, you sort of become a, a phil jackson or what we're seeing right now with with the spurs and greg popovich mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like it's hard to dispute what you have done well because you've accomplished so many great things but it's just well i think well, again, i think is this is not working anymore well i still think this is like the last ride to prove whether or not he has gotten to that point because yes. last season was a breath of fresh. Like, let's not overlook where last season. Like, last season was like the first year of like the rebuild being on the right trajectory. And I mean, I, I mean, besides how the playoff game went, but you know, if you just pretend that was just a normal loss, if you just if you just pretend that was a normal, like you you come out of it feeling good, like like they spent a bunch of money, they got Mac Jones, most most of their signings worked out to some degree or another, good. And then you get into this off season. Like, last offseason, totally, like, a completely different Patriots offseason. They spent a bunch of money. They spent at the top of the market. Nothing like we'd seen. They do a little bit of good. And then this offseason, you know, it's like we're back to basics. Only, really only investing at these positions that, you know, are, like, Belichick's high-value position, which, by the way, go against the, the Jake Elmsley four golden positions, but that's besides the point. But I won't get into that right now. We won't get into my draft guide. If anybody needs me to help draft for their NFL franchise, let me know. 
I'm, I'm more than willing to. Besides a job, where I, I'd rather, I'd like to either have a job where I can write roster uh, predictions or build rosters. But I'll do it's either. Just, you know, maybe I can do one and transition to the other. It's like you look at the team and it's just like there's, there's nothing, there's nothing here. It's so, it's so bleh. But but you see, exciting is just guys that are just kind of good. Well, that's always been the hasn't I kind of know. I mean, not to say it, it's always been guys who kind of good, but the Patriots have never like had super exciting looking rosters. Besides Tom Brady, I, I I think I think they've had a few years when they had exciting rosters. Well, I'm just, it's never been fourteen. Like they've never been like seven. And Darrell Revis was exciting. Darrell Revis, I was excited for. But twenty ten. But that's what but see Belichick has never emphasized the star though. But we're seeing here, like, this is it. Like, this, like this is, uh, in a way, this is what Belichick wants, though. You know, he doesn't have Brady. It's all about him. It's all about his, and it, like, did, like if they're not good this year, then yeah. Then, you know, I, you really got to start thinking. <laughs> so they really got to start making some tough calls. And, like, uh, like, this season like, like is. Who, who is the best player on this team? Matt Judon. I feel pretty strongly saying it's It's Matt Judon. And Matt Judon ain't that good. <laughs> he was real good until he got to his, his weakness, which is the month of December. There are many linebackers that would take over Matt Judon. <laughs> it's probably Matt Judon. It's, it's prob- probably Matt Judon. It's my answer is probably Matt. Hope maybe it's Mac Jones after this year. I mean, th- I mean that's also the one thing too. I mean, I, I I will keep going back to this. Like like everything we're saying doesn't matter if Mac Jones is suddenly like Joe Burrow this season, which I'm not saying is like hyper possible. But like uh, also all of this suddenly goes out the window if Mac Jones takes like a second year leap, like a lot of these quarterbacks do. And is then suddenly like one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Then suddenly Belichick's a genius. We were haters and they're, and they're fine. And they're cruising. But like that notwithstanding, you know, because Belichick didn't want an all-time quarterback. You know, Belichick, by his actions, by not re-signing Tom Brady, by trying to Cam Newton thing for one year, you know, he clearly believes he doesn't need that. So, again, to keep my narrative going... We'll, you know, if if that doesn't happen, you know, we'll see. Like he's built himself, he's built himself either a monument to his to his ideology or a tomb. It's it's one of the two things, and and that's 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 the season, baby. That's that's what you got to look forward to, Patriots fans. That's what I'm gonna be watching for. Oh, uh, what are your three t- three key takeaways from the game this week, Jake? Uh, mm, I want to see will Belichick suffer for his arrogance. Or will he reassert himself? That those are my takeaway. Every game. Oh, and how are the Joneses doing? How how are all three Joneses looking? How are, how's how's Jack Jones looking in the slot there? That's that's my other one. I, I am very invested in this cor- in this cornerback core. Oh, it's got Joneses. Is- you know they're they're good. You know I, Jonathan. Yeah, they got Jonathan in there who's who's a great slot corner. And you know we just got to hope that maybe a great slot corner transfers to being like an. In, in average outside corner is that is that asking too much probably he's also only 5'11 he's not he's not a big guy that Jonathan Jones so it'll it might work against like the Tyreek Hills of the world not from like a quality perspective but you know from a oh 5'10 excuse me from a size perspective but I don't know what they're doing when they when they got to play like some some big dudes so I, I, I you know Jonathan Jones is a player I've always really liked I've always been a real big Jonathan Jones advocate but you know, for what he does, for what he has done in the past, not for not for like what they're asking him to do now. But yeah, those are those are kind of my. I just want to get like this whole spiel on tape at some point. But that's. But but Jake, imagine if they had a real stud corner to anchor 
their secondary that may or may not be on the on the Los Angeles well, Chargers. Right they didn't want to pay him because I I don't know I get like they didn't want to pay him because. <laughs> I guess they don't they don't value it, even though every Patriots, literally every single Patriots Super Bowl has come when they've had an elite cornerback, but that's besides the point. They've never not had an elite cornerback when winning the Super Bowl, but that's besides the point. They didn't want Stefan God, I don't even want to get back into the Stefan Gilmore drama from last year. But Yeah, no, I mean that's this is what they're doing, you know? It's all about safe they got they invested in safeties though. They are they are deep at safety. But you know, you see that and any of them play corner i kyle duggar's pretty versatile maybe i, I think jabril peppers has taken a snap nickel? at corner at some point because there's only there's only so many safeties you can have on the field at one time <laughs> but adrian phillips versatile guy you know i i uh, we'll see well we'll see they're they're good at they're good at finding creative ways to use the secondary or they have been i you know hopefully steve belichick who's basically the defensive coordinator well, uh, we'll think of something. You'll scheme something up. You know, Bill, be one of the young minds they have in their challenging Bill. But, you know, that's, that's it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's your season, baby. This is what we're looking at. Maybe it'll work out. Maybe we'll all look like idiots. It's happened a million times before. You know, I'm not even trying to rush to be the first one to call the downfall, but it's, you know, you know. What do you want me to do? I got. I I have to react to what's in front of me. You know, like to all, like that. Like I still see people on Twitter who are like, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Bill, we trust. Why? Why even talk about this? You're all wrong. All trying to stir up drama. Like I I gotta react to what's happened. And so far, preseason hadn't looked good. Joint practices. Are in a three four or four three this year. I believe it's a three four, but they run a lot of nickel, my friend. La lot of nickel. That's, that's probably what they should be doing. Oh yeah, based God. On their personnel. God bless them, honestly. <laughs> Get, it, get those linebackers off the field. <laughs> They're just a liability. Run the dime with just Matt Judon, baby. That's putting your best team on the field. Get all four Joneses on the field. Get get all your you know get get McCourty, Phillips, Duggar. It's, run like a three seven. <laughs> That's your best. Those are your best players. I mean. Let's get your find a way to just get your whole secondary on the field. Hey man, there's no there's no thumpers. There's no, you know, no, but because they've they know they've they've youthened up that linebacking core a little bit. Got some more youth in there. Got some more speed. Is something I wanted them to do. So I mean, they did it. They they did it. Like they they did they didn't succumb to bringing Do High Tower Kyle Van Noy back yet, which I think is a shocking display of um. You know, restraint, honestly. Also did not end up bringing Trey Flowers back. Trey Flowers signed with the Dolphins. That, as much as I keep saying, don't bring everybody back, I was I was pretty in on bringing Trey Flowers back. But but alas, I guess I didn't want him. But, but you know, we 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 shall see. They need a, they need a lot of young guys to really turn it up. Like, because there are a lot of young guys on this roster. Like, there are a lot of second, third-year players here. You know, and if, like, some group of those guys, like, if, like, say, like, like, if like an Onferny Jennings or a Josh Uche or like a Barmore takes another step or like one of these young corners is suddenly a guy like Duggar suddenly becomes something like suddenly you have a defense like that. Like that's like that's one of the saving graces for this team is that you at least have like have that like maybe. But or maybe, you know, they just have the best defense in the league for 12 weeks and then fall off in December like they have 
two of the two of the last three seasons. But again, very welcome. Maybe maybe we're mid October and they've had the best defense in the league for some reason, and I I'm calling myself a hater. And then we're late December, and I'm like, nope, I should have stuck with it. But that happened. But you know, we talk about the young guys. The other thing I did want to reflect upon. This is just kind of a kind of a kind of a reflection. I think we all have just occasionally is kind of and what spurred this on this time was the um yesterday or yesterday when yesterday monday whenever it was the release of uh dalton keen and devin Asiasi, who were both third round picks in the 2020 draft both tight ends who they drafted for the cam newton season they were both there for the cam newton season then they ended up last off season when they signed hunter henry and Excuse me. When they signed Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, they didn't really play a lot, and now both guys are cut. And those are both third-round picks. Who, when you get into what teams want to do, typically you, like the third round is like right, like that sweet spot where it's like it's not the end of the world if guys don't pan out, but you need like your team needs some third and fourth-round picks to pan out in the long run. Like just it, it, you need to be hitting on your draft picks, and that's like an area where you need to at least be getting contributions and. It did kind of bring up the conversation that at least me and you, Jordan, have had a lot of times. Has been about how there were, and last year's draft worked out pretty good. I'll preface all this with that. I'll say it first. Last year's draft, good. Mac Jones, good. Barmore, really good. The Ramondre Stevenson, pretty good. And that's yeah, that's three guys. That's you know that's three guys worked out good, decent enough draft class. But. Cameron McGrone and Ronnie Perkins? Ah, you know, we talked about them. But God bless, you know. I tried I tried to see the good in them. I tried to see the good in there somewhere. But either way, you if you if you start to question, again, this is the thing I mentioned earlier about kind of countering, like, well, the Patriots aren't investing at the at like these positions like wide receiver, cornerback. The counter to that is if you start to ask where a lot of these holes on the roster kind of come in. If you look at the Patriots draft history from the last couple of years, which again, this is not a new concept, but I did see a nifty graph of it on Twitter. So I made a nifty little graph. I don't know who I apologize. They put on a nice little spreadsheet and I love a spreadsheet and it made it nice to look at and just remind ourselves. And this graph only goes back to 2018. I'll also, I'll, I'll talk about 2017 too. 2017, they only had third and fourth round picks. Uh, three of them, they completely whiffed on. Entirely. Only third and fourth. Third one, you know, Derek Rivers never did anything. Antonio Garcia never did anything. Connor McDermott never did anything. Dietrich Wise still hanging around. Still pretty good player. Played like 50% of their snaps on the defensive line last year. Fine. Good fourth round pick. But now this graph goes into 2018. Where again, if you start to try to look, try to find places where they have holes. 2018. And this is only... First three rounds, picks in round one, two, and three, which, again, are the areas where you really need to be hitting to build your team, typically. But 2018, first-round pick, Isaiah Wynn. That, that thumbs up. Thumbs up, pick fine. I'll give, I'll give you a yes, and that is your left tackle. Well, that was your right tackle, but either way, fine. So one of my favorite, one of my favorite Patriots draft picks of all time was uh, 2018, first-round pick number two, Sony Michelle. I- incredible pick. Love it. Won you a Super Bowl. Was not a waste in any way, shape, or form. They absolutely could not have gotten that, gotten anybody else who could run into an open hole 
in the last chunk of that season. They definitely needed him more than they could have used Lamar Jackson. You know, Shaquille Leonard now. He goes by Shaquille, by the way, now, Jordan, just to make sure you know. Darius Leonard goes by Shaquille now. That's his first name, apparently, the whole time. But, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, Harold Landry, who I wanted them to draft. I was big on Boston College boy Harold Landry, by the way, and he has been. He has panned out. You know, a DJ Chark. You know, no, not a uh, Fred Warner. Oh, my God. He went later in that draft. He went in the third round, though. But still, Fred Warner's a bad man. But anyway, <laughs> you know, great pick, Sony Michelle. Round two, which, again, we talked about how, the, how they haven't really been investing in corners lately. And round two, though, 2018, Duke Dawson. Never played a game. <laughs> again, this chart's very nice. It gives you a little snapshot of them to remind me. Duke Dawson never played. Again, and... We talk about, and we talk, and this has been brought up a million times by everybody on the planet, but I'm going to bring it up. Like, going into this offseason, you know, coming out of it, we keep talking about how, like, the some of the big holes on his team are wide receiver, at least in terms of, like, they could use an elite wide receiver. They could use an alpha kind of number one wide receiver to kind of put everybody, settle everybody in place. It's been wide receiver, cornerback, general linebacker, front seven, like, outside presence there. Oh, 2019, your first three picks were Nikhil Harry, the greatest blocking wide receiver of all time. Uh, Joe Juwan Williams, who's on IR now. He's still, hey, th- thank God for him he got on IR, by the way, so he's still getting his full salary this season. Good for him, honestly. Picked a great time to get hurt. And then Chase Winovich, who was pretty good his rookie year and then just never did much of anything, and now they traded him for Mac Wilson, who got traded, who got drafted like 70 picks after him in the same draft, who made the team, by the way, who might be one of these young, faster linebackers they need. But either way, not much there. And then after that, Damian Harris, who's good, but he's a running back. You can get good running backs anywhere. You get like half credit for me on a good running back pick in the third round, which is still a little bit high for me for a running back, by the way. But whatever. Damian Harris had like a million touchdowns last year. Damian Harris is fine. And then Yadni Kajust, who has yet to play really much at all. But, yeah. I mean, if he had panned out, maybe you don't need to trade for a Trent Brown. But whatever, they did. And then 2020, Duggar, who's been good. Uche and Anferne Jennings, who both have been playing bit roles, who I think they need to, like, take a step forward this season for them to do what they want to do. And then Asi Asi and Keen in 2020, who, again, they just cut. And again, Jordan, I don't know if your takeaway from that is the same, but every time I look at it, it's like, well, where are all the picks that they missed on? What positions are they at? And what just so happened to be the massive holes on this roster for the Patriots? And these are spots that Belichick has always struggled to draft at. I mean, they have perpetually had trouble drafting receivers, perpetually had trouble drafting cornerbacks. So I guess that is like the thing I would offer as a counter to my own point about them not investing at those positions. It's been more a matter of when they have tried to invest draft capital at those positions. It has very rarely panned out. Except for, you know, let's talk about like a Julian Edelman in like the sixth round, but that's almost like... That's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Like, I don't think you can, like, you can make that being like, yeah, we're just going to draft this quarterback in the sixth round, and he'll just happen to turn into, you know, a guy who's probably not a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but a guy who you can at least t- talk. It's a fun conversation about what you weigh in Hall of Fame cases, but we don't need to get into the Julian Edelman Hall of Fame case. But I don't know. I, just, I feel the need to reiterate this every time, like, we look at this roster and go, wow, look at all these holes. How did th- How did that happen? 
oh, well, why would your quarterback room kind of bad? It's like, oh, well, you know, two years in a row, you spent a second-round pick on a quarter, and neither of them ever did anything. Oh, you need an alpha wide receiver. Like, oh, well, you drafted the one wide receiver in the 20... 20- in the 2019 draft class, who was it like a top 10 wide receiver in the league? So, I don't know, Jordan. Do you have any? You have any big? I know this is a conversation. I know this is like old, old stomped ground. But yeah, do you have? Do you have anything? Anything to add on that one? I mean, no. I just imagine the talent they have taken in the first round of this previous draft and still have drafted strange cold in the second or third round. But. Well, maybe a Taekwon Thornton, baby. It's coming someday. Don't you even worry about it. Taekwon Thornton, baby. It's that's another that see that was another thing. I was like, maybe that'll be an old thing to hang on for the season. Now we don't get that till like December when they're already on the downturn. And oh also I wanna I wanted to mention that you you were upset at them drafting um uh what's what's his face? Uh Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Who by the way got cut by the Rams, but just got picked up by the Dolphins. Got cut by the Rams, picked it up from the Dolphins, and and you mentioned that you would have rather have them draft Lamar Jackson. And I don't see the difference of between drafting one running back for another one. <laughs> 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 you got him. For the record, me and Jordan. Oh, pay, both, pay Lamar. Me, me and Jordan both are. So yeah, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit later. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson now. We'll make that transition. So Lamar, we, I did, we did want to talk about this a little bit because, um, don't worry, because because at least for me, it it all comes back to something I actually like talking about. Like this isn't like any kind of Lamar thing, but uh, yeah, the Ravens are having some problems. Um, because <laughs> Lamar Jackson is on the last year of his job of his of his contract. It's like the fifth year option. So after this this year, like he's done, like he's done, contract's done, and him and the Ravens because he doesn't have an agent, by the way, Jordan. Lamar Jackson does not have an agent have been trying to negotiate his contract and it has not worked yet. And I, to a certain extent, I, I can pity any team that has had to negotiate with a, with a court has been in negotiation with a quarterback in uh, the last say what has been two months since um well we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll unveil the big the elephant in the room as since uh, since Deshaun Watson and the Browns blew the quarterback market out of the water by giving Deshaun Watson uh, two hundred and fifty million dollars fully guaranteed which might be the first five year fully guaranteed contract either in NFL history or since like you know steam was the primary mode of uh, rail transportation in this country but. Which, by the way, couldn't couldn't have happened to a better guy. Absolutely deserving. Don't want to take away from any of it. You know, I don't want to sit here and blame, blame, you know, try and, you know, force any form of accountability onto Sean Watson. I mean, come on. Like, who? what kind of person would I be? What kind of, you know, blue-haired snowflake liberal would I be if I tried to do that? But, but. It kind of sucks a little. Like, for these teams, I mean, like, the market always goes up, and they don't get, you know, they don't get... I'm not going to pity the teams too much, but, I mean, my my God, did the Browns bungle this up for every other... Like, you saw Kyler. I mean, Kyler didn't get quite that, but didn't Kyler get, like, 235? And, like, I think, like, 80% of that is guaranteed. Like, way more guarantees than we've seen guys get in the last couple of years. We've seen guys get before, and... 
You know, Lamar took to Twitter about, which this is a sign when something's going well. By the way, usually when a, when a team and a player's negotiations are going well, that player usually ends up taking the, taking the social media about it. And just here's here a couple of screenshots just from Lamar Jackson's Twitter. Some just some guy, some guy uh, tweeted. So Lamar Jackson added Lamar Jackson. Great move by him is a league MVP and he still hasn't broken the bank at Ravens. You're on that hot seat. Give that man the $250 million guaranteed before you write a check. You're you're behind. Can't cash this emoji. You know, guy, which I use that emoji a lot. Like the guy just like with both his hands up kind of bent. I use that emoji. emoji. I use that emoji a lot. Like, because I'm very afraid of like how things I say come across over text. Texting stresses me out, so I, I use a lot of emojis to like meet, like, like give my intent across a little bit better. Anyway, and then another guy replies that he want more. They already offered him that guy blowing his nose emoji, and then out comes Lamar Jackson just saying, "No, they didn't." Which, which you can either interpret as one of two things. You can either interpret it as they have not offered him more than $250 million guaranteed, a.k.a. the Deshaun Watson contract. Or, number two, they have offered him that, but nothing more. I personally am choosing to take it as they have not offered him the $250 million yet, because I would have to imagine if they had just offered him that, he probably would have taken it. (laughs) One would assume that Lamar would take that. But it's still not a good sign that he's going on Twitter and arguing with dudes about it. And then next, the only other thing, which this is this is mega drama alert. This is this is mega me talking about things that probably don't matter. And it will not matter, by the way, in in some amount of months when the Ravens eventually re-sign him. Because they at least with quarterbacks, these things almost always get resolved. But he did, however, like a photo, he did, however, on his Twitter account, like a photo of him in a Dolphins jersey. Where the guy tweeted, you both can come and cry in Miami. Don't know who the other one is. Dolphins Uni. Tears of joy when we host the Lombardi. Which, again, this probably just ends up like every other time this happens with a quarterback. Like, remember a month ago, Kyler Murray was taking the Cardinals out of his Instagram bio. And with quarterbacks, at least, these things usually resolve themselves because teams usually just don't let quarterbacks go because what, what are the Ravens going to do? They got, they're got they going to pay him. <laughs> like, like, they might be, like, annoyed that they have to pay him more than they probably would have had to if the Browns didn't give uh, didn't give man of the year to Sean Watson a quarter of a million dollars, which you will get almost all of this season's salary because they were very kind and made most of this year's salary a signing bonus, so his impending suspension does not affect his money. Anywho... Yeah, but still though, like it's you don't want this going into the season if you're the Ravens. Like this, this is this sucks. It's like one of the worst, especially since, again. It's not even like they ha- like with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, I didn't think they should give him the money. The Kyler Murray extension, I was like, you still have him for two more years. Like he's been up and down. Like I say, at least just take one more year. Like just just give it one more year and just see what you have. Like whatever, then sign him after the fourth year of the rookie contract. But with Lamar, like he's done after this year. And you do, I, I don't think if you're an NFL franchise, me personally, dumb, stupid podcaster, does not think you want your starting quarterback, your MVP quarterback, who everybody likes, you seem to like, you've built the whole offense specifically tailored to him. Like you have, which maybe some people have argued is holding him back, but that's, this is not the Greg Roman slander hour. But 
<laughs> I say, maybe you, you don't want the you, you don't want this. Yeah, especially with Lamar. I mean, God. I mean, even talk about the even we get into the way like Lamar Jackson plays. Like I would say, Lamar Jackson does a quite a bit of running. Jordan, would you not? Uh, yes, he he does. And thusly puts himself in you know more so than the average quarterback situations where he's you know maybe has to take more contact or is putting himself at risk for more contact. Like if anything, that's a dude you don't want to have wondering about his money because I mean. If we, if you get to the season, there's like some, because now, by the way, every time you see a play, you see Lamar on some kind of run, some kind of stretch or whatever, and you see a situation where a guy's coming down on him and he goes out of bounds and then it maybe cuts inside. I know what I'm going to be saying, Jordan, maybe it's going to be wanting drama, but I know what I'm going to be saying. And that's, well, you know, is Lamar kind of uh, trying to protect himself there? He's leaving yards on the table because he doesn't have a contract. Like he hasn't made his money, which is right to you know, a lot of, I mean, my God, I mean, you want to, you know, is that 10 yards worth losing $200 million? And it's just, yeah, they are, unless they just don't like Lamar Jackson. Like maybe they just don't, maybe they are haters. Maybe the Ravens are haters. Steve Bucaretti is his name. It's some, his name sounds like some form of something you would find on a, on a, oh God, I'm blanking. What are the charcuterie board? But Bucaretti. He's another strong right Italian. To, right yeah. next to like the, the prosciutto. And yeah, exactly. The Capicola. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got, I got some bruschetta. got some Capicola. We got a guy drafting a bunch of Alabama linebackers. Like, we got a lot of stuff here. We got all types of stuff here. I, I went to a, me and the missus, we went to a little, a little class today. They show us how to put it together. It was a fun time. You know, you know they have charcuterie board classes, Jordan. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I've known a lot of people who go. That is, I mean, that's a thing like your girlfriend says you should go to, but. Oh, yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's a better money and time investment to just buy one. Well, I mean, they like teach you how to do it. Yeah. Then you like buy the stuff, you know, hey, a little bit of fun putting it together yourself. I don't know. There's probably an art I to it. So. I mean, I don't mind me a good shark. I mean, I like me some good, some good sliced meats like cheeses. Oh, yeah. Crap. I'm a big crackers guy. I love crackers. I mean, I can just eat, like, a sleeve of, like, I mean, I even get, like, like good crackers. I can eat, like, a whole sleeve of, like, premiums. You know, premiums, like, just a little, I can eat a whole mm-hmm. sleeve of those, no problem. Like, just, I can just sit down and just be like, I didn't eat dinner today. I'll just, just house some premiums and call it a day. Just, just feel all the moisture leaving your body. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. Just, just some, just some premiums and then, like, a half a, half a thing of, of, <laughs> of crystal light right next to me. Keep me, keep me alive. Keep me, keep me going. Oh yeah, I can do that. I'm like, I've been, and I'll feel nourished. I'm like, that's it. That's all I needed. Oh yeah. Big, big crackers guy. Like even if like you go to like a place and have like a bad spread, right? Like it's like, you know, it's just, it's like, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a grocery store one. It's like the grapes like aren't crunchy and like the, the cheeses are bad. I'll just eat the crackers, like the butterfly crackers. Oh my God. Like if I did like, maybe we'll do a crackers power ranking one time, but like, like the good, I they mean, like, it, it would just be Ritz number one. Okay, okay. Because it's like, they were like the good butterfly crack. There were two very distinct ones. And then the ones that just are like really bitter. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't know like what brand they are, like what the official name is. And if we have any like charcuterie enthusiasts, please let me know on Twitter at Jake R. Elmsley. But you have like the good butterfly crackers that like great texture, great taste. And then you have the ones that like they're bitter. 
I don't like I don't like really bitter things in general. That's why I don't drink coffee. I don't really like wine that much. Not a big wine guy. But yeah, I do not. I I just really like the good butterfly crackers. And somebody else who likes good butterfly crackers, I assume, is Steve Bucaretti, the Ravens GM. But give me the GM is actually Eric DaCosta. <laughs> who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Is that the Ravens' <laughs> owner? Hang on, who am I thinking of? <laughs> no, it's the owner. Okay, it's Steve Biscotti. Biscotti. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Steve. Yeah, get, come at me, Ravens fans. Let me know. It's another well, whom I assume is another another strong Italian American, hardworking Italian American. God bless him. Love you. But <laughs> Eric DaCosta's their GM. Anyway, the point still stands. He he was the he's got, well he's the one who has to write the contract for Lamar Jackson. So he's 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 the one who actually has to pay the money. So you know he you know he wants to join the Deshaun Watson hate train ally with it. Why not? But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like you know it's like you just have this hanging over your team's head and it's stupid. It's stupid. Just pay him. Maybe they'll pay him like tomorrow. Scott. Gotta pay them. They just gotta pay him. They just gotta pay him. Like I, you know, you 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 are nothing without him. It's, it's what you gotta do. Like it's what are you gonna bite, do? Bite the bullet. Give him the 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 two seventy. Yeah, reset the market again. Which, whatever you want. Which by the way, this is always like the one consolation I offer to any any owner team fan base. Like whenever your guy signs a record breaking quarterback contract, you're like, Oh my God, how are we going to afford anything now? So much cap space in two years. It'll look like a deal. By the way, it's always my thing in two years. It'll look like a bargain because the market will be reset again next year when Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert resign. And then it'll be reset the following year when I don't know, newly minted MVP, Mac Jones and Trey Lance sign new gigantic deals. It, the, the market it's, it always gets reset again, so it'll be fine. It'll be it's it's why like the quarterback thing just feels automatic to me. It's just it's housekeeping. You have to do it, and it, it will not bother you in two years. Now one one day maybe we can have the discussion of if having a quarterback paid at the top of the market is actually like a formula for winning a Super Bowl. That's a thing I think about a lot. Haven't finished forming my thoughts on that yet. That's a that's a whole other thing. We will not have that conversation today. Anyway, one name I just mentioned as I just continue to smoothly transition to everything today. Trey Lance. Me and Jordan talk about Trey Lance an inordinate amount. A lot. Like, I don't know why we talk about Well, I know why I talk about Trey Lance a lot. Because Trey Lance helped me come to, a, come to a realization that we'll get to in a moment. But, but so the 49ers, whom have been trying to trade Jimmy G... Trying to move on from Jimmy G, trying to trying to bridge the gap. You know, Kyle Shanahan, he came out, said it like this is Trey Lance's team moving on from him, trying to move Jimmy G. Have not been able to do so successfully, which I'm not surprised about personally. I mean, I I, I can go back a month ago and lay out what the quarterback landscape looked a month ago. But for a long time, it's, teams get set on their quarterbacks. And it's really like wasn't necessarily like a starting job out there for Jimmy G, except with, like, the Panthers, who wound up going with Baker Mayfield, which I can't fault them for, if I'm being consistent on takes, because I quite like Baker Mayfield. And then the Seahawks, who are in the division, and maybe they wouldn't want to trade with. But the 49ers yesterday, the one thing I did not think was going to happen, reworked the deal with Jimmy G. Basically, like, 
gave him a raise, I think, basically. But either way, they reworked the deal where it has a bunch of incentives. They actually saved themselves about $13 million in cap, which is one thing I found out by doing this. Because cutting him, they would have lost a bunch of money. But And also, the amount of money he was making was also a reason. Probably wasn't going to be a thing. But either way, they basically reworked a new deal with him where he has about $6.5 million guaranteed. It can get it to 13 if I think if he like started like every game and they won a bunch of games. But the... Also, notably, because one of the first things me and you talked about was like, well, maybe like one of the good things you can do with this is like you're at least going to like hold on to him. And then like if somebody gets hurt, you can trade him there. Or like if a team just gives up on their quarterback, like maybe the team gets real desperate. No trade clause, Jordan. I forgot to mention that. He has a full no trade clause, no franchise tag clause. Yeah, really, really got a coup on getting that one, let me tell you. But either way, like so Jimmy G will be a free agent, but they have brought back Garoppolo. Which I don't love, I think is a suboptimal decision. Because as somebody who I don't necessarily believe in trade, everything I'm about to say is theoretical. This is all just a philos- about philosophy of team building. This has nothing to do specifically with any true deep-seated belief I have in Trey Lance. However, I do quite like him for fantasy this year. And I have my fantasy draft tomorrow. And he's certainly one of my quarterbacks in the range of, like, where I think is acceptable to draft a quarterback. Anyway. My God, like, what are you doing? <laughs> if you're the 49, 49, like, and the one thing, right, the one thing that can happen in this situation that makes me look like an idiot is if Jimmy, if Trey Lance gets hurt, Jimmy G is probably the best backup in the NFL. Like, from that, from that one perspective, that is one thing. Then fine. Everything else I'm about to say is, is stupid drama alert. Me trying to find a story where there isn't one. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot about the mental makeup of Trey Lance. I am not Trey Lance's psychologist. I am not Trey Lance's psychiatrist. In fact, Jordan, mm-hmm. you might not believe this. I have never even met Trey Lance. I really don't believe that. Never even hung out. Not even we never we've never kicked it. However, wow, just. Me, personally, I would think that if you're Trey Lance, you're trying to establish yourself as a starter. The team is trying to establish you as a starter, which they have said that this is the, you're their guy. Like, gosh, you had a hand says before camp. This is Trey Lance's team. We're moving on to Trey Lance. We spent, like, a billion picks to get him. We got to do it. We just got to do it. What he wants to do. We got to do it. Right? We're in the win on this now. So was the plan. Garoppolo had a year, you know, it happened, whatever happened, happened. Having Garoppolo there cannot. And of course everybody came out and said, oh, he's a great asset. He's helpful. Can't be helpful for Trey. It cannot, it cannot benefit Trey Lance in ways that having like Brian Hoyer there wouldn't. With without the added issue of um So Jordan, what what do you think um you know people who cover the 49ers will uh, will now be saying Every, every single time the 40, Trey Lance has a bad game now. Just, to, just give me, give me your, your dumb podcaster, drama stirring, you know, making things up, Jordan. What do you think maybe people will be uh, prone to say now? I think, I think there'll be a lot of calls in Santa Clara for the hard-nosed vet Jimmy Garoppolo to step back in on the gridiron and take the reins from the young buck. <laughs> Trey Lance. I, I think you're making that up and fabricating that, but, you know, fine. Everybody's locked in in good steps, Jordan, but thank you for that. Thank you for offering me the the uh, the, the, dra- the dramatic media man opinion. But 
it's it's like from a purely like all on paper best roster moves. This is the best version of your quarterback group is the one where Jimmy G's your backup, right? Obviously. He's better than any backup you're going to bring in. At the very least, he's better for you than any backup you're going to bring in. Uh, like, you know the Jimmy G thing works. We'll talk. I want to talk about it in a second. Just my general thesis on Garoppolo and the Trey Lance situation because it's changed dramatically in the last year, and that's kind of the main reason I even want to talk about this. But you, on paper, this is the best thing, right? Obviously, like, in every other sense, though, I just, unless specifically they're doing this play keep away with the Seahawks. That is the only other, like, very fair, plausible thing I have seen. It's like, well, if you don't, if you cut him, the Seahawks are like the one team that really could use a starting quarterback that might want one, and he would fit in there, and then he's in your division, and then you got you to play him, and you know, maybe you're just paying the $6 million to guarantee you face Geno Smith or Drew Locke two times this year, which, you know what? Or maybe that's worth it. But... You don't have Jimmy Garoppolo practice all off. He didn't practice at all. He was hurt for some of the offseason, but he was basically cleared to play by, like, early, mid-ish August. So he could have been practicing, but he didn't even practice. Because either he didn't want to practice, he was looking for a trade, or you were looking to trade him. But either way, you don't have him working with the team, so he's not the best version of himself. You still bring him back now, and now you just, you're, just, you're just casting an un- – you're just adding another unnecessary burden – to, to Trey Lance, whom, again, I'm not saying I believe in, but I am saying that they have every reason to need to believe in because they kind of need this Trey Lance thing to work out. And, again, the main reason I want to talk about this is that I just kind of want to give it. I've given Jordan the spiel a hundred times. But it's a spiel I like giving, and it's a spiel I wanted to get to pay. But it's been the day of spiels is what today's show has seemed to be. I, I always start the show thinking we're going to go, like, 25 minutes, by the way, Jordan. Every last couple weeks I've been like, ah. I don't have, like, anything. Oh, I should, like, put more effort in the record, like, prepping. Oh, God. Which I, I put a lot of effort into prepping. I should, I should be doing prep, like, all week for this. I'm an idiot. I'm not trying. We're going to have, like, 20 minutes. Whatever. This will be fine next week. We're, like, an hour deep. We're not even halfway through everything we have. Anyway. So, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't anticipate the charcuterie board talk, the astrology talk. That was just all natural, you know, off-the-cuff chemistry. That, that was not on the rundown. But... The Jimmy G thing. Just get my, my whole snapshot on this Jimmy G Trey Lance thing. Last year, th- like, 14 months ago, however long ago the 2021 draft, it was longer than 14 months ago, like, however many months ago. Flash the 2021 draft. Me and Jordan both, not to speak for you, my friend, thought that the 49ers trading, what was it, three first-round picks, or whatever it was, to trade up to get, G- get Trey Lance was moronic we both hated it i you know i was like oh jimmy g i mean come on i was i was still kind of in my like you can succeed with like a kind of average above average quarterback phase i was still in that phase of my life but i still kind of believed in that and i thought it was moronic i was just you know i was like you know what are you gonna do like it's just stupid what do you do you're wasting so much so many like kyle shanahan is arrogant I, i go through these random bouts of just not liking kyle shanahan for various reasons. It all stems back to the Falcons Super Bowl. But I was all, all not in, not in on the Trey Lance thing. Nothing to do with Trey Lance. Just wasn't in to the, to the philosophy behind it, to the whole thing. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was going to be the doom of the 49ers as they're currently constructed. But then we get to the playoffs. 
and I wound up watching every 49ers playoff game this year. I watched the Dallas game because, you know, why wouldn't I? Absolute comedy of errors. Neither team wanted to win that game. Atrocious. Stupid football on both sides. Packers game, watch it because, ah, yeah, let's see maybe Aaron Rodgers get embarrassed. Eh, nobody really scores a lot in this game. Rams game, they do nothing in the fourth quarter. It's a pretty tight game. 49ers, big egg in the fourth quarter. And I watched it, and I di- I came around to it at the very least. I don't re- – I see it now. I've watched these games. Garoppolo is, is not going to elevate this team. Garoppolo is not, and they've had a lot of success with Garoppolo, but you look at it, the NFC Championship game, the year they went to the Super Bowl, Garoppolo threw, I believe it was seven passes in that game. Not Garoppolo, you know, fourth quarter of that, what are they not, did they even score in the second half against the Chiefs in that Super Bowl? It was something like they, offense, just completely flat when they need to go flat. And I, after seeing another round of playoffs, like, I'm like, okay, like, I get it now. Like, on this hand. Just purely Garoppolo? I, I don't think you win a Super Bowl with Garoppolo. Because remember, this time, last year, I was, before the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, I was advocating for the Patriots to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I was all in on that, but I saw it. And I'm like, okay. And plus the injury thing also. I mean, that's also part of the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, but don't even need to talk about that. I got it. I'm like, okay, I get it. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, you just Trey Lance thing. Like the the idea behind it. The idea of recognizing that you have this quarterback, you have a good quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, not really top 10, maybe on there if you're generous, but like a good, stable quarterback. To have that and recognize that that's not going to get you where you want to go Take your very talented, you know, your well-constructed team with a lot of talent where you want to go. It's not going to work and that you need to go find some way to get more, I don't know, elevating play, dynamic play, elite play, however you want to describe it, out of the quarterback position. To be able to recognize that and then act upon that is not easy because in the NFL, obviously, like teams cling to anything resembling representative quarterback play that they can get because it is hard to find that. It is hard to get a Jimmy Garoppolo. Let a, it is hard to get a, and I'm going to list some names here, Jordan. It is hard to get an Alex Smith, an Andy Dalton, a, a Jared Goff, even. Hard to get that kind of production out of quarterback, let alone elite play. But I've come around to doing that. That for the most part, to win in the NFL, you do, to really win a Super Bowl, you almost always need elite quarterback play. And that the teams that have, for the most part, at least you, we have, I'm citing the examples now, you've seen it in the last couple of years, the teams that have done that, the Chiefs, who recognize that Alex Smith is good. I used, I used to be a big Alex Smith guy. Again, I used to be all in on, like, just have a kind of good quarterback you can win. I used to be all in on this. I used to be in on, like, the pretty good, not great quarterback. Like an idiot. I think I'm an idiot for that now. But the Chiefs recognizing, and this is obviously the biggest example, but the Chiefs recognizing Alex Smith, he's good. He's not great. We're, we've been in the playoffs. 
I think we made a conference title game. Like, this is good, but it's just we are, like, at the ceiling of where this guy can take us. And it's just the ceiling is hard. Our heads are up against it. We have to do something. And so we're going to go out, and it's even hard to recognize this as a risk now, but you go back to it. We're going to draft this guy. We're going to trade up, trade a future first, trade other stuff, go get this guy Patrick Mahomes, who's not seen as the, the premier quarterback in this draft class. Needs a lot of work. You know, one of these like, spread offense guys, never been under center, all the things you read, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But very dynamic, very talented, a lot of athleticism. We're going to try that. We, we, just, we just got to try something. We need something. So, we, we know, we're going to start the clock and moving on from the Alex Smith thing. It's not like they got rid of Alex Smith immediately, and Alex Smith actually had a really good season that year. But Made the Pro Bowl that year. He did. He was great that year. That was Alex Smith's best year there. But they still, then they still were like, all right, like we're, we're still would, we're sticking with our plan, and they did. And it was, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and conversely, I mean not conversely, I mean similarly. Then you have the Rams, Jared Goff, who I always hated, by the way. By the way, I, I will state this. I will put that on the record. I always detested Jared. I thought Jared Goff sucked. I never thought Jared Goff. Alex Smith, I th- I liked, and Alex Smith was good. I don't think anybody disagrees with Alex Smith being good. My The thing I disagree with now is saying that Alex Smith was good enough to win you a Super Bowl. But Jared Goff, I always thought, sucked. But nevertheless, there were people that didn't. And the Rams were at the very... Like they, were winning with, they were winning with Jared Goff. Again, they made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. They were successful with Jared Goff. They were able to make him work within their system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the boundless brilliance of Sean McVay and all of his spawns, who are now every other head coach in the NFL besides Bill Belichick specifically. But they recognize it, and they go. And I'm not saying Matt Stafford is Patrick Mahomes, but they went and got a significant upgrade at quarterback when they didn't have to. They didn't have to go trade for Matt Stafford, but they recognize it. They took kind of a gamble. They went out and got him. And (laughs) look what happened. (laughs) What What a Super Bowl. And then, I mean, and then, you know, the, the, the less strong example, but I'll still cite it because I like things to come in threes. They, you know, the, the Bengals kind of did this after they bottomed out. It's not like the Bengals did this, you know, while they were in, like, their run of making the playoffs a couple years of Marvin Lewis. But still, they had Andy Dalton, who was fine for years, and they still went like, eh, he's fine. He's like the, the barometer for average quarterback. Let's try this Joe Burrow thing. And what happens? <laughs> Two years in, the Bengals, Jordan. The Bengals make a Super Bowl. And I just, I saw all this. I mean, two of these happened in one year, but I saw all this. I thought about the Mahomes thing. I thought about a lot of other situations. And I just came to the conclusion that I, I can't not appreciate the 49ers thinking with the Trey Lansing, because Trey Lance is another guy, if you go back and read the scouting reports, very raw, needs polish, but super athletic, really good arm strength, really dynamic, like could be a really dynamic player. And you read that, and it's like, okay, like they recognized it, and it, they are trying to move on. Now, of course, Jordan, this, like all moves, and anything you do, regardless of philosophy on it, comes with the caveat of, if Trey Lance is bad, then ha 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 ha, dumb 49ers, you spent all those picks on him. Oh my God, what a disaster. However, I'm just recording it. I'm putting it live in memoriam on the internet forever that 
if that does happen, I will not criticize the thinking. I will not come on here and say like, oh yeah, idiots should have just stuck with Jimmy G, which I guess they're still sticking with Jimmy G, but he should have just stuck with Jimmy G, idiots. Come on, he would have won you a Super Bowl. Like I I just am saying that I I I respect the process. That that's the main thing. I just want to get that because I've been telling Jordan that like once I've been giving Jordan that rant like once a month for like a year now. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of my me me changing me me changing my viewpoint on kind of what you need to win in the NFL like at like the highest high level. So yeah, that's that's my whole take on the on the Trey Lance Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo debacle bungle. Which and also Jordan, you know New England sports talk staple baby. More Jimmy G drama. Give it to me. Jimmy G's been giving giving us fellas fodder for since 2014. <laughs> Never dies. And then, of course, as as I always say in response to all these examples, that it's it's a proper risk versus reward type of thing. I agree with you. The philosophy, you know, the Alex Smith thing worked. The Joe Burrow thing worked. Although I think Alex Smith was in a way better spot than Andy Dalton was. Oh yeah, like yeah, I kind yeah. of like no. I kind of, I kind of forgot Andy Dolan started like seven years. Or six oh yeah, the ba- the Bengals thing is a stretch. Oh that that one's a that one's a gigantic stretch. But you know it. it uh, I'm, like, like, yeah, I'm just like using Andy it. Dalton was in Dolan's like oh he's all right he's a guy oh, that, he's okay. That, that's the first point I'll concede. That's 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 the first point I'll concede. That one barely works, but uh, you know they're in the Super Bowl. I did, they were there. God bless the Bengals. But. My, my problem with Trey Lance, you know, aside from the fact you, you've been hearing about accuracy issues, he's on one day, off another day, but it's even moving besides that, because that things that could just be nervousness, he can just come on week one and like none of that stuff matters. Like when the yeah. lights come on, he'll just be, he'll just be gangbusters. If I can use, if I can bring that term back into saying, cause I really love it. Oh, I love saying gang, but I say it all the time. Have you never noticed that? No. Oh, I say gangbusters no. all the time. I say that all the time. <laughs> It's a word I use a lot. So I feel like I use it a lot. But if you you look at you look at Trey Lance, dude, dude played like four snaps at North Dakota State, and that's slight hyperbole, but not really. Mm-hmm. Didn't play much in college. Just like Josh Allen. He didn't play much last year, and it's just like it was. I mean, I I agree with the philosophy. If if you can if you can get an upgrade, if if you can get an edge, you get the edge. But I am not certain Trey Lance was that guy. Oh, you can't be he, until you see it. Like you can't possibly be certain until you see it. Again, this is this is nothing to do with Trey Lance specifically. It's just he's and, he's and a good. I, pl- I I wouldn't advocate giving up so much on that risk. No, like, probably. I, I, don't want, not. I don't I don't want that to be the default. That's sort of my issue around it. The, the move because might if, the, if it if it was just like one pick, then it's like yeah. fine, whatever. I get it. But I get uh, three picks. Considering the, the the quality of the last yeah. draft classes, oh, they're putting the themselves coming draft classes. They're putting themselves on the line here. Like they they, they yeah, they, it, they, they you could have got some real real good players with oh, those yeah. picks. But again, you know, what does it matter if you don't have the quarterback? Like, what does it matter? You know, well, like well, 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 Jake, you know, a, we'll a wise man also telling me that you need to build the team before you get the quarterback. Obviously, they already they already have the team. That they already <laughs> have the team, Jordan. Like they have a team that was in the NFC Championship. Like. They just got to hope that, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, they got to hope it's Patrick Mahomes, basically, but, you know, that's a tall order. But, yeah, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. I, I just wanted to get that get that going. But um, 
I mean, uh, you know, uh, how much other stuff do we even want to do? Uh, Jaron Duran is sad. Jaron Duran did an article with uh, Chris Castillo about just all his uh, mental health struggles and how he wants people to know he cares and is trying really, really hard. And, uh, you know, God, God bless him. God, God bless him. I'm glad he's in AAA, but, you know, God, God bless him. I hope producer Derek's enjoying seeing him. But, you know, God bless. We respect mental health struggles on this program. But, uh, you know, I also, you know, hope he's not using it as an excuse. But, you know, he that's happening. Um, the Matariza situation made some of the worst plays in baseball I have ever seen. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, it's unreal. He's like, I'm trying really hard. I'm like, it's really hard to believe you. The the effort's like the biggest complaint about you. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if you miss the ball and you run after, it's like okay, you know. Yeah, you're learning. You're fine, learning. But I, I've I've seen you lose the ball, let it roll into into center left, and have you know Verdugo run all the way across <laughs> the field and 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 let and let tapia yeah, get jordan, inside jordan, the park grand slam i've jordan, seen it with my own eyes jordan's outlook on life was changed being at the 28 to 3 slaughtering and a lot of, in a lot of things jordan's a changed man ever since then i i am like i i, I fun that fundamentally changed me <laughs> but that's that's happening um the the matteriza situation i don't even know if i really want to touch on it i want to touch on it to this to this exact degree that um so if if you don't know this came out a day after we recorded yesterday when i posted the episode last week because again i posted a day after we record um uh, the, the bills punter who they drafted in the sixth round this year matt Ariza, uh that uh that a lawsuit was pending which where he facing allegations of very very well substantiated allegations that he, while he was at San Diego State University, um, uh, you know, him and his, him and his, him and his friend, him and the three other gentlemen, uh, you know, I'll, I don't know if I, I don't have a better term, but they, they gang raped a, a 17 year old just, just to top it off, just add a little, just add some chimneys to that, uh, crime Sunday, but, and uh, to the Bills' credit, you know, three, four days later, they cut him. However, the thing I did ju- do just want to acknowledge kind of in to counter that or to re or to just you know alongside that is that according at least to Tim Graham of the Athletic this is his exact tweet from the 25th which I believe was the day that I believe this came this was an LA Times article same day came out sources tell me that the Bills are made aware of the accusations against Ariza last month so about july they did not know when they drafted him but they did know when they cut matt hack on monday because the silly thing is if you when you look at the timeline of this they were having him compete with a matt hack in camp which he was probably always going to make the team because i mean they drafted him in the sixth round you usually don't draft a punter and then not have him make the team unless he's atrocious but on august 22nd is when it was reported that matt Ariza had won the the job and they had released Matt Hack. And then the 25th was the day that this that this came out, that there was a lawsuit pending. Because there are no criminal charges yet. There are none. But if you – I did a little bit of a deep dive on it. And at least to me reading it, reading the quotes from this uh, this, this, this poor girl. This, this poor girl. It seems like the police department there in San Diego or L.A. is kind of just dragging their feet. And that might have been what encouraged her to make the – 
criminal charges, which is also to say that this is not a matter of like, it has not been thrown out. There still could be criminal charges at some point down the line. This isn't over, but apparently like, the university like waited seven months to like let them investigate or what? Just another horrific example of the justice system not serving, uh, you know, people who are victims of sexual violence. But, you know. Because originally I was like, oh, the bills cut him. Well, that's good. Look at that. They jumped right on it. No problem. And I read they maybe they knew about it, which I've, which then my next thought was, oh, man. Oh, the sports teams. They just, they don't, they just let anybody in. They don't have any morals. But then in thinking about it, like, after I read the tweet before the show, I did kind of come to the thought that that's, you know, being made aware of accusations is very vague. And that, again, to, like, defend the Bills could mean that they weren't actually given, like, the full report. Because if you read this full report, like, the dude dude did it. Like, they're, they have rape kits. They have him on the phone. Like, he admits, yeah. he admits that, you know, they did stuff. He admits they did stuff with this girl, but... Again, the fact the fact the fact that the Bills caught him three days later, I think, tells you that you know he most likely like whatever they read was very compelling. Whatever the Bills got was very compelling, but you know maybe maybe like what they were told like when it was them being made aware of accusations was far less severe or far less damning than what they eventually found out, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt the need to acknowledge that a little bit because it is something a punter. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know, Jordan. You have any thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, I really hope that the Bills just didn't sit on this information hoping that it would go away and that no one will ever find out about it. I certainly hope that's not the case. Yeah, you got you got to hope, right? And again, like the second they didn't try, they didn't try and stop it. Like they, <laughs> I would assume if they're cutting another guy for, like how is Matt Hackfield, which who they did not bring back by the way. The only reason I even remembered to talk about the story is that about five minutes before we started recording, I got the Schefter update that they signed uh, Sam Martin, who's a punter, to be their punter. But yeah, no, it's a, that's a tough one. That is yeah, that, that. I just. I just hope that 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 woman's okay or no she's okay probably not she can be <laughs> matt ariza needs to he needs to go sit down behind some bars for a couple of years but you know oh by the way everybody else who was involved admitted to it like all the like the other three dudes all all basically like it, it happened this happened this is... yes it, he, he did it <laughs> I don't, I, if you read this it's not you gotta you got it's one, one of those ones you gotta really read on it but once you read on it you're like oh yeah no no way no, no way. But that we just want to touch on that one quick. And then the last thing, last last thing we'll do today, I, I, unless you want to like talk about Nebraska. But otherwise, um, so we've talked before. Don't kick an onside kick when you're up. All right, Don't there we go. That. Great, great. Uh, you that. know, how's their defense though? I mean, not not good enough to stop Northwestern. You know, so. is that is that the ballsy move though? That's. Mm. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's 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 a little bit it's a little bit too outside the box. But so LeBron James did a interview with Sports Illustrated the other day where he ba- it was a big article and the article not not really worth reading. I gotta be I re- I read the whole thing looking for something, but it just, ah, it's just it's just talking about how good of a father LeBron is and. How, how good of a husband LeBron is and all this stuff, which God bless him. God bless him for it. You know, and 
Reportedly, everything you read, great, great, great husband, great father. You know, you kind of know about it because he tells you how good of a father he is. But whatever, you know, whatever. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, who has been out there for a while that he's a, a, that he said that he wants to play with his son, Bronny, who's entering his senior year right now, is currently a four-star recruit, not a five-star recruit. But apparently, he all, in his article also, he started talking about how he also kind of wants to play with his other son, Bryce who's 15, which is to say that how long does LeBron want to play for? But the quote he says is, he says, I'm looking at who's got first round picks in 2024, 2025, things of that nature, 2026, 2027. Lakers have a 2027 pick. I pay attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, so, which he said it by the way. Again, these Lakers 2027, 2029 picks are going to be the death of us. <laughs> we'll talk about that nausea of Jordan. I can't wait for 2029 to come and see what what team picks with that 2029 pick. That player is going to be the best. That player is going to be a stud. I, I'm betting it now. Whoever gets drafted with that Lakers 20, the storied Lakers 2029 unprotected first round pick is going to be crazy. It's going to be like me somehow. Somehow we're going to be picked by the <laughs> by the fabled Lakers 2029 first round pick. It'll be me and you specifically for sticking with it all this time. But so the Bronny thing has been really interesting because the Bron the Bron if it, if it's like if it's because even the article talks about like it's like he hasn't like even committed to wanting to be in the NBA like and also like he's good but he's like six two. He's, again, he's only a four-star at the moment. Like, he's not, you know, if he, like, maybe grows or something. But, like, he's not, you know, again, like, he's not, like, like, Bronny James is not, like, an elite prospect in regard, in terms of, like, you know, the best of the best. But it's an inter, but see, the fact that he's not even great makes it even more interesting because it will, it can't, like, it will become a matter of, like, when it's Bronny, which we've talked about before, it will be, like, you know, Will a team overdraft him to some degree? Like if he's projected as a second rounder, which is currently what people say, but obviously it's two years away, but they'll be drafted at least. But like, will a team maybe take him at the bottom of the first thinking that they'll be able to get LeBron for cheap? Like if he's serious about this, because he said he'll play for any amount of money. Like if a team goes like, well, if we use like the 28th pick, we, we get LeBron on the mid-level exception. So like, do, do we do that? Like it'll be, it'll be a... Very interesting situation. Or he'll play esports. Apparently, he's a very big esports guy, Bronny James. That's another thing I learned from this article. I learned a lot about the Jameses. It's a it's a very long article. Apparently, he's like he's like got a stake in like some esports teams. A big Valorant guy. And maybe he can can become the LeBron James Jr. of Valorant. But yeah, you want to play some Valorant after this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, me, you, and my buddy, Bronny. But, which, by the way, he even talked about it. He's like, I never wanted to be LeBron James Jr. I waited till I found a good nickname, which was a astounding branding decision. An astoundingly astute branding decision by Bronny, by the way. Much, much better. To, like, close so you remember who he is, but you don't want to just be walking around being LeBron James Jr. Because then anything you do, you're LeBron James Jr. Terrible idea. But. It's it'll be fast. Like assuming LeBron's still good in two years, which he probably will be. He'll probably somehow be better than he is now. But that's interesting. And then he's adding Bryce into the mix. Bryce, like at the earliest, could be in the NBA in like four years. Which, by the way, again, he's like, you know, he's fifteen. Like that's gonna. So I don't know. Like I don't know if LeBron's trying to hang around the NBA for four years just to 
wind up playing with his kids, but he even talks about it. He's like, well, you know, like everything else is out of my control, but that's like a good flat. When you get old, it's all about the mentals. You know, when you get when you get to this age, it's all about the mental stuff that keeps you going. It's not even about the physical stuff. He's like, he's, and like that's something I can like have as a, as a flag to like shoot for. Anything else is kind of like you know, titles, scoring titles, they're, they're kind of out of your control. But this is something I can astutely go for. He also talks about one other thing he says in his. Maybe I like this article more than I thought. But another thing he mentions is he says like, yeah, no, when Tom Brady retired, that like took a lot out of me. He's like that that hurt me, but then he came out of retirement and gave me the boost I needed. He said, if, Tom, if Tom's hanging it up, it might be my time. Yeah, he's like, oh, like maybe like I'm not long for this world either. <laughs> Which, I mean, fair enough. That, that's reasonable. If you're LeBron, you're like, oh, Brady's doing it. I can keep doing it. Brady stops. You're like, oh, oh, what am I? Who am I in this world? What's my identity? <laughs> Who am I but a man? I'm a billionaire. Why am I still doing this? If, if Brady doesn't want to do it anymore. I did not realize LeBron was officially a billionaire. Yeah, he is. But yeah, do, do you think LeBron, LeBron's going to play four more years so he can play with Bronny and Bryce? Again, do you think Bronny and Bryce, because this is the other thing I keep bringing up, do you think Bronny and Bryce want to play with him? Because honestly, me personally, if I made it to the NBA when I was 19, the last thing I'd want to do is hang out with my dad every single day. You know, me personally. Uh, I mean... The Bronny thing is definitely reasonable. Like you said, he's a four-star recruit. Oh. I think I was reading somewhere he's like number like yeah, he's like uh, mid to low thirties. Yeah, again, he's not 30s, like he's like a, he's like, like a top one hundred. So like he's like fringy guard he's, prospect. But yeah, he's 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 decent. Like he, he, I don't know if he can make it out of Duke, but like maybe they like offered him when he was eleven. Huh? They offered him when he was eleven. Oh. But I, I, I read that, like, the favorite is Oregon. But, again, it, it doesn't matter, right? It's not even about, like, how good Brody – like, if he wants to go to the league, assumedly he'll be able to go to the league because some team wants to get his dad on the cheap. Uh, but, I mean, with with proper load management, because, you know, LeBron James, he, he simply – you cannot expect LeBron James to play 82 games a season. It, it will not happen. Sorry to tell you, Laker fans. And it's probably not intelligent to have him play those 82 games. Yeah, you, you shouldn't. Like, have him play, like, 60 and then go full tilt for the playoffs. But, like, with, with proper load management, I mean, I see no reason why he couldn't play four years in a limited role. You see, well, that's the thing I just never I, I mean, the, I guess I guess, like, the problem is, like, do you want to see LeBron James, like, coming off the bench only playing like well that's why i've always said i i always have said that like i feel like like once LeBron, like I, I don't think lebron would ever go like the route and i don't really think any of the superstars now this thing i've started talking about a lot like i think like maybe like a lot of like the modern superstars won't have much of a reason to hang around like when they're past their prime to, like the degree where they're just like role players on another team like if you're lebron if you're curry like even if you're like durant like you have like you know other stuff to do like <laughs> Then like hang around. Like Paul Pierce stuck around. Yeah, but that's like till that extent, and it was kind of sad because it's like. Well, Melo's still hanging around, but even that's like. Melo too. I was gonna say like Melo's a different generation, but he but he's not. (laughs) But like LeBron's still at like the peak of his game, you know. (laughs) Like LeBron averaged thirty last year, three zero. Yeah, and Melo's like, dude, just just just. Oh no, Melo's a good little role player. I see. I maybe we'll talk about my Melo Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know. 
God. That's a nasty team. Comparison someday. That's that's a whole thing. That's a whole different. That's for oh, another oh, day. Oh, oh, comparisons. That just meant like on the Knicks together. No, 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 no. Or no that's a whole other thing. Oh, they should bring okay. Melo back to the Cavs. Mello, I mean, to the Lakers. Melo's fine. Melo just shoots some threes to some points. No problem with Melo being on the Lakers. Hang out with your buddy, Melo. But stay on the banana boat. But, I mean, my God. Like, if, if you're a team, do you even really want to have LeBron and his two sons? That's like, that almost sounds kind of annoying. <laughs> I mean, at least for a co- I was like, but at least for a college team. Oh, whatever college team he's on is gonna have a horrific time. <laughs> like, what what's gonna happen the first time? Like, the coach does something LeBron doesn't like with Bronny. Like, if it's not if it's not an NBA team, it's fine because like whatever team LeBron's on, he's the coach of anyway. So that's whatever. But oh, like well, whatever poor college coach gets gets Bronny is you know it's it's gonna be worth it for the program. Could be could be well worth it for the program from like every every level of marketing. But my uh, God, and and, and Brian's defense, he, kid seems like he has a really good head on his shoulders. And I, yeah, that, was, that will serve him well. Oh, came across good. It was like if I don't need to, if I, you know, I don't even know if this is what I want to do yet. <laughs> He's, I, kid's got every opportunity in the world. God bless him. God bless Bronny James. You know, La 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 Junior over here. But you know that that's it. Anything else for the people, Jordan? That's the end of the show. Uh, Russell Westbrook still bad. Buy him out. All right, all right. Well, uh, that'll that'll do. Uh, you know, again, check me out, uh, Jake R. Elmsley on Twitter. Check out uh, Jake. J- What's your Twitter again, Jordan? I keep forget every week. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram: true underscore world underscore king. Uh, follow us both on uh, on 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 True Star on CoStar. Follow us, friend us both there. That's where we put our spiciest sports takes, the hidden ones, the hidden gems. But uh, we'll see you all next week. Oh, check out the show on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley. Check out the TikTok, the underscore stadium underscore experience for little, little videos that are both highlights from this and other little videos that I make during the week. Uh, You know, have a good one, everybody. See you next time. Bye.